I'm Annette Leonard of AnnetteLeonard.com and welcome to another episode of Chronic Wellness. I am thrilled today to welcome my guest, Mike Murray, who grew up in Massachusetts and he retired at 43 after he and his two business partners built a solid and successful company. He's married and has three grown children. He is a self-described avid outdoorsman and after three years of body pain and hip replacement and endless doctor's appointments, he uncovered the emotional root to his suffering and the deep connection between the mind and body. He's documented his journey in an engaging new book, My Pain Body Solution, A Journey to the Other Side of Suffering. Welcome, Mike, and thank you so much for joining me. I can't tell you how Thoroughly, I enjoyed your book. You are a gifted storyteller and your self-reflecting humor as well as your willingness to share in such an honest, raw, and in-the-moment way was as engaging as it was instructive. I'm thrilled to have you on this podcast and even more excited for how many people may read your book and the potential it has to help and heal. Well, that's quite your introduction. Thank you very much. And um... I'm thrilled to be here, and I would say that um, four years ago, before all this started for me, I would never find myself on a podcast like this. So, mm. you know, I feel like my journey is a true gift, and um, it's it's introducing me to people I would have never talked to before, and um, and that was one of the gifts that uh, I've received through this journey. So it's great to be here and I look forward to talking. Excellent. Well, let's dig right in. So the book opens at the start of ski season in 2016-17. And at the time you were 52 and had been retired for a bit more than a decade. You and your wife had a child at home and two away at college. And you live in New Hampshire now condo where you, where you ski in Wyoming and vacation, hike, fish, enjoy the great outdoors. And we meet you as you're getting ready uh, to get a jump on tourists, heading out in the back country and ski without the resorts. And you seem to be at the top of your physical game and relish mastering the elements. And uh, I get the sense that you're in your element. And then you get a blister. Yeah, so <laughs> so you you described that accurately. Um, that I was feeling just incredibly fortunate to be able to live in the Tetons. I've got a an amazing wife who understands my draw to be out here, and um, while she would prefer to have me with her more often, um, she gets the joy. Um, so that particular winter, uh, I was skiing and, and hiking in the back country. And that evening, um, I developed a blister. And for the next, it's probably almost two weeks. And I didn't realize it then, but I, I see it now. I literally went into this freeze mode. It started to panicking over the blister because I... I thought it was essentially going to ruin my whole ski season. And I know this probably sounds tone deaf to a lot of people, but, you know, it is who I am. I like to ski. Uh, I, I, um, so the blister, you know, really consumed my, my attention, 
my thoughts. Um, after about a couple of weeks, the blister healed. I didn't miss any time in the mountains. And then shortly later, I developed a hamstring pull that I really couldn't put my finger on it. Um, I was still able to hike and ski, but I was becoming very preoccupied with it. I ended up going back to New Hampshire, um, which is where our home is, and then developed a shoulder pain, again, with really no explanation. And neither of these injuries were that bad, but I was really getting anxious. I started, um, I started crying a lot, which I had never done before. Anytime I thought of my kids, um, I started isolating myself. I was still able to exercise, but, um, you know, I just had a lot of fear. And I didn't know it was fear then, but um, within, what was it, probably two or three months of developing these little injuries at the end of the ski season, I had an x-ray and the doctor told me, you need a hip replacement. And that you know, really rock my world because again, these are things I've learned now about myself, really low self-esteem and um, always valued myself as an athlete. Not that I'm a gifted athlete because I'm not, but I felt that was my one true gift. So when all of these injuries started happening, particularly with the hip replacement, um, my world just came crashing down. And I didn't know any of that. I just knew that I was crying and isolating um, and I proceeded to have a hip replacement, a number of spinal injections. And this was all within, you know, probably three months of that first hamstring pull. And after all that stuff, really nothing improved. I was still having body pain in anywhere in my body. And prior to when we meet you in the book, what had been your experience with pain? So I've been relatively healthy um, and I, you know, I've had a few operations, but those more of like an ACL or a broken bone. So I was relatively healthy, except again, here's something else I discovered 10 years earlier, as soon as I retired, I developed shoulder pain in both shoulders, just out of the blue, saw two doctors, and both said, you know, there's nothing we can do, just go to PT. But I was, I was finding, find a third doctor who said he could operate on me and fix me, which he did. Um, so looking back now, what I've learned, I believe those, those shoulder surgeries I had 10 years ago were really a mind-body condition. Um, yeah, so, but other than that, I've been relatively healthy and being able to be active. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So very quickly, things evolve, as you say, you're in PT, you had a hip replacement, you're wanting to isolate more and more. You describe a scene at the mall where you're shopping for a birthday present for your daughter that, that seemed to me like you had a panic attack. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I, I, I guess that's what it was. Um, you know, if I can describe it again, you know, we walked, my wife and I walked into a mall to shop for my kids. And as soon as we entered the mall, it just, 
everything came closing in on me. I was, you know, think of the worst nightmare. Um, and that's what I was experiencing. And, and part of my journey is I, I've never learned how to express myself. Um, and when I don't express myself, even today, my pain gets worse. So that evening in the mall, um, I was, I would, I, I just knew enough to hide it from Becky, from my wife, because mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to be vulnerable. And I was mm -hmm. really, really scared. Um, and shortly after that, you, you see a friend of yours, your friend Carl, and you say, the worst thing is no one can help me now. I don't want to be a burden. So I've just been holding up isolating for months, dealing with it the best I can. What about you or about that relationship with Carl or about that moment allowed you to have that courage or to just open and be just a little vulnerable with him right then? Yeah, well, it, it was really that night after the mall. Um, I kind of convinced myself that I didn't deserve to be happy. I didn't deserve to be happy until I was pain-free, which is really, even mm -hmm. saying that now, I have a hard time even rationalizing what that Ooh. means. Um, I want to just pause on that for a moment because I bet there are a lot of other people that unknowingly have that belief. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you didn't believe that you deserved to be happy until you were pain-free. That 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 is what that, that, is, that, that is the decision I made, and I really like music, and I made the choice not even to listen to music. I didn't listen mm -hmm. to music for over a year, and um, but that episode at the mall really that really rocked my world. Um, it, it, it felt like someone had given me some powerful drugs that were not agreeing with me. Um, and that's why I reached out to Carl. Um, but that was really only a temporary, you know, even though I reached out to him and, and, and I got some emotional relief by just talking to him, um, I was still a long way from kind of coming out the other end. Yeah. Mm. What pain. Yeah. Yeah. So shoulder reconstruction, arthritis of the hip, hip reconstruction, spinal stenosis, degenerative disc disease, all of these seem so real, so dire, and you are getting the best healthcare, it seems, that, that money can buy. And after an EMG, uh, which I know that many of the people listening to this will know what that is, doctor number 17, who is a neurologist says to you, yes, anxiety can definitely cause nerve pain. And you now go back and read a book that Carl had given to you, Dr. John Sarno's book, Healing Back Pain. And you have that very human response. I don't want to live with pain or accept it or accept it. I want to beat it. And it's through Dr. Sarno that you learn about TMS. Can you, can you tell us what TMS is or define it for folks out there that haven't heard of it? You bet. So, um, so when I had met with my friend Carl, when I was leaving his house, he had given me a book 
and he and he said he, he had not read it, but he said a friend of his who had spinal issues really, you know, it really helped him. Interesting. And, and I I was led to believe through my own beliefs that that book was about managing chronic pain. That's what I thought it was about. So I had held on to that book for almost a year. And then I was in Wyoming and I had hiked three days in a row with my kids. The fourth day it rained, they left and I was by myself. I became very sad and all of a sudden my feet became frozen. And at that point, I just said, I, 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 need to, I need to learn how to live this for my kids' benefit and my wife's benefit. So I picked up um, Healing Back Pain by Dr. John Sarno, thinking it was about how to live and manage your pain. And fairly quickly, I realized it wasn't about that. It was about um, a, a, a syndrome called tension myositis syndrome. And, and the concept is basically that repressed emotions can cause real physical pain. Now, Dr. Sarno wrote this book in the 90s and he was truly a visionary, um, but, but he was also kind of an outcast because of his beliefs and which really went against big Western medicine. So it, it was fairly quick into the first two or three chapters that I knew that was what was happening to me. I didn't know what my emotional issues were, um, but how he was describing people, how they would isolate, how, um, you know, I would literally think about pain, you know, 90% of my waking hours. That's all I could think about. And I would have so many people say, not, don't worry about it. And that just made it worse. Um, so Dr. Sarno, so it's really his, um, it, it's really just the mind body connection on how, uh, emotions can, um, can cause real physical pain and can cause, in my opinion, can cause disease and all sorts of unpleasant nagging chronic issues, I believe. And I, and, and I truly believe Western medicine, though there's been a subtle shift really, kind of misses the boat on that. You know, you go, if you have a pain in your hip, they're going to take an x-ray. If you have arthritis, that's, they just, that's what their issue is. Um, so picking that book up, um, you know, I had seen 17 doctors, not including the, the doctors that I had follow-up appointments and that, that all happened a year and a half. And since I picked up that book, I hadn't seen, I haven't seen uh, another orthopedist since that time. And that was really um, the beginning of my journey. But his, his theory was all you need to do is read my book and understand it's your brain that is creating the pain. The pain is very real, but there's, there's really no damage. And Sarno believed that arthritis is just um, kind of like wrinkles, but on the inside. Um, and, and I've, and I've come to believe that too, because there's a lot of studies with, you know, people with arthritis that don't have any pain. Um, and I'm one of them right now too. Mm -hmm. Uh, right before our interview, I was at my neurologist and my neurologist, uh, is one of the people who believes these theories and he is, uh, 
writing a book himself called It's All in Your Head. <laughs> and, and I will say that uh, when a doctor first brought me these ideas, I felt defensiveness rising in me. Mm -hmm. I felt, um, how can you be saying this is all in my head when mm -hmm. I feel it in my back, I feel it in my neck, I feel it in my hands, I feel mm -hmm. it in my legs. Mm -hmm. So I wonder for you, what was the experience of being being told it's it's all in your head? Well, I wasn't told. At this point, I wasn't told that. I just simply read it. Yeah. Um, and to me, it was a welcome. I didn't resist. Um, I was I was more threatened that this pain was from a physical issue than an emotional one. Now, mm -hmm. the, having my body fail me was far more threatening to me. Um, and then that's part of my child, you know, if you go back and, you know, I, I put way, way too much uh, emphasis on my physical and outdoor pursuits. Um, I struggled that as a student, so I resisted that and I didn't get any help with that from my parents. Um, so when I discovered the mind-body connection, I, for me, it was, <laughs> this is it. This is what I want it to be. I can beat well that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, and people all, everyone, a lot of people will ask me what my reaction would have been if I had seen a doctor early in my journey, if I would have, like you, if I would have resisted that, that, if they had told me that my pain was really an emotional one. Um, and, and obviously, I don't know the answer to that, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's also, you know, maybe my lack of resistance, I was just grasping for anything. So, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd seen so many people and tried so many different things. So it's tough to know if I embraced the mind-body connection because I truly believed it, or if I embraced it because I just... I didn't want my body failing me. I wanted my body back. Yeah. Isn't this so good? <laughs> it's been a great interview and you will not want to miss tuning in tomorrow for part two of the interview where Mike and I talk about digging into his emotional work and where he, for the first time ever, begins to see a therapist to start talking about the, the role of these repressed emotions in his life. And he discusses the way that he can look back and see how these emotions are, are linked to his experience of pain. Also, Michael talks some about the role of meditation in his life and healing. And I want to highlight uh, My Pain Body Solution. This is Mike's book, and it is such a good read. So if you do not already have a copy, go get one. And if you are interested in winning a copy of this book, go down to the bottom of show notes, wherever you are watching or listening all the way to the bottom, and you will see detailed instructions on how you can win a copy. You can also find the instructions on my Instagram feed at the Annette Leonard, where you see the picture of Mike's book. 
and I will be giving away a copy on July 5th. So don't miss your chance to enter to win up to three times a copy of Mike's book and tune in tomorrow for part two of the interview continued. Thanks so much. See you there.